fellas. Now, if you'll take your Bibles and stand with me, we'll read the scripture, James chapter 1, beginning in verse number 2. And we will read through verse number 8, James chapter 1, verse number 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. The word temptation is defined in the next verse. It is not a temptation of lust. It is a temptation of the trying of our faith. Verse number 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I'm preaching this morning on this subject. The process is not a problem. The process is not a problem. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word this morning. As I've prayed many, many times and especially throughout this building this morning and even now, that you would fill me with your spirit and allow me to preach under the power, Lord, the filling of the Holy Spirit of God. Help us to listen. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. I beg your attention, especially in these first few minutes, as I lay the foundation of the message. When God saves us, we are born into the family of God. God works in us to mature us as a Christian for two reasons. Now think of this. Child is born. We help them as they mature. God matures us for two reasons. First of all, that he may use us for his glory. Second of all, that he may bless us in our lives. He matures us so he can use us and he can bless us. Now, we understand that. You don't give a child keys to a car. When you read a story occasionally that a child stole a car, you know that tragedy is going to take place by the end of that story. They're not mature enough. So when we get saved, we become a child of God. But God works in us to mature us so he can use us And so he can bless us. There are three major areas that we must trust God in or have faith in God as he works to mature us in our lives. First of all, we must trust the person of God. He is Almighty God. He is Jehovah God. That's not a difficult thing to trust. We say we trust God. Even the coins that we carry in our pocket say, in God we trust. The second part of our faith and trusting so he can mature us, so he can use us, so he can bless us, is his promises. Not as many people as should be are familiar with the promises of God. But that book right there is filled with promises of God to God's people. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line, this book right here is given to me 
as God's word to me. It's not real difficult when you read the promises of God to trust or to believe in the promises of God. The third part of God working in our life to mature us, that he may use us, that he may bless us, is not just the person of God, not just the promises of God, but the processes of God. This is where it gets difficult. To trust the processes of God, of how God works or God's way as he works in our life. I beg you to listen. I beg children not to talk. I beg folks not to distract others. I beg you to listen. He uses those three things to mature us, to use us, to bless us. Joseph trusted in all three of these. And God used Joseph in a marvelous and a miraculous way. And God blessed Joseph and everybody around him in an amazing way. Now the processes in the life of Joseph were very difficult. But he trusted in God. He trusted the person of God, the promises of God, the processes of God. On the other hand, Samson, he believed in God. He knew the promises of God. But Samson got frustrated with the promises of God. Samson was impatient. Samson was headstrong. And Samson's use was limited in his life's blessings were cut short because he did not like being limited. He did not like the processes of God. He was glad he was born who he was. He was glad for the promise and the strength that he had. But when God told him to wait, he wouldn't wait. When God told him no, he wouldn't heed to the answer no. And Samson's life was cut short because the processes of God are often very hard and difficult we mistakenly label them as a problem. As a problem we need to get rid of rather than a process that is necessary in our lives. You see, we want to get rid of problems. We do. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, Wherefore seeing we're also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside the weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. We want to get rid of problems. We want to get rid of pride. We want to get rid of covetousness. We want to get rid of discontentment. We want to get rid of fear. We want to get rid of anger. We want to get rid of those things. But sometimes we see a process or the working of God in our lives as a problem because they're hard. And we work to get rid of a process thinking they're a problem. And we void God using us and God blessing us. Now go back, if you will, to uh, chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. I want us to look at these verses again. My brethren... Count it all joy when you fall into divers or various kinds of temptations or the trying of our faith. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Now notice this verse. But let patience have a perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Look at it again, word by word. Let. What does that mean? Allow it to work. Let. Allow it. Give it permission. Let, let patience. What is patience? Patience is difficult to do right without immediate results. Patience, patience does not delay obedience, it delays reward. 
And sometimes when our reward is delayed, you see, we're supposed to live moral lives. Are you with me? And sometimes the reward is delayed, and so we give up on the patience. But let patience, notice what it said, allow patience to have her perfect, that word means complete, let it finish. Let patience have a perfect work. Let it process. The word work is process. That ye may be perfect or that ye may be complete and entire. That ye may be whole, wanting nothing or lacking nothing. If we see patience as a problem rather than a process and we get rid of it from our lives, we've missed the very thing that we need to mature us. <clears throat> And we miss being used of the Lord, and we miss being blessed of the Lord. The process is not a problem. It's God working in our lives. You don't get rid of everything that's hard. We don't get rid of everything we don't like. We accept everything God puts in our lives. For example, Job allowed patience to work in his life. My, what difficult Job went through. In his difficulty, in the tragedies of his life, losing not just his wealth, but losing all ten children in one day, and losing not just his wealth, <clears throat> losing not just his, uh, his children, losing his own health, Job continued to do right. He said this, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. He said, I'll keep my integrity. Job's wife said, you should curse God and die. Whether she said that in sympathy or whether she said that in criticism of God's working doesn't matter. Job refused that and he said, you speak as a foolish woman. What he was saying is, I trust in the person of God. I trust in the promises of God, but I also trust in the processes of God. And Job did right even when it seemed that he was being punished. And that's what his friends concluded. And I say this morning, the Lord used Job and continues to use him like very few in history. And the level of the process or the difficulty of the process is equal to the amount that God used Job in his life. And blessed him. He doubled his wealth. God gave to him, by the way, never lost his children. They just were in heaven. They departed. Now, it was a sorrow, but it was a temporary sorrow. And he, and he had his children in heaven. And Job said, I trust God. I trust the promises of God. I trust the processes of God. Now, look at me. I want to ask you a question. What process is God using in your life to mature you as a Christian right now? What difficult process are you facing? And I'm going to say this morning, though it's hard, though it's difficult, don't see it as a problem you need to get rid of. See it as a process you need to embrace. That God can mature you so he can use you and he can bless you. This illustration, 1 Samuel chapter 16, God had chosen a king that would replace King Saul. Saul had sinned against God to the point that he said, I'm going to replace Saul. And so he told Samuel the prophet, he said, I want you to go to the house of Jesse, and I am chosen another as the king. 
And, and this decision was a process in the life of the prophet Samuel. And I don't have time to read through all of it. Many of you know the story. The first thing Samuel did, he had a fear of going to Jesse's house. He said, if I go down there and say I'm here to anoint a king, they'll, uh, they, they, they'll, they'll kill me. Uh, they'll hear about this and they'll kill me. He said, just go and just tell him you're there to make a sacrifice. And when one of his sons or the right son is before you, you'll anoint him as king. So if you know the story, all of his sons show up and uh, all of his sons are standing there. And he looks at Eliab, who evidently was tall and reminded him of Saul, who was head and shoulders above everybody else. He made this statement, surely the Lord's anointed is before me. And God said, you're wrong. You're wrong. Jesse, do you have any more sons? I have one young boy. He's out tending the sheep. He said, fetch him. One of them good mountain words, and that's how we learn to talk, reading the Bible. The rest of you, I don't know how you explain yours, but anyway, that's my story, and I'm sticking with it. Uh, these folks from Maine came in this morning. They do me good to hear them talk. <laughs> Not often I get to laugh at somebody for the way they talk, but anyway. <laughs> And they're friends. Don't, don't be nervous. These folks are friends. I, I'm just seeing if he heard me. And, uh, and, and, and so he brings David in, and God says to Samuel, he said, this is the one. You see, he said, Samuel, you are looking on the outside. I look on the heart. Now, when I look at that story, I find Samuel the prophet had to go through a process. First of all, he had to obey. He had to obey without understanding. He had to listen he had to wait. All seven had to pass before him. The last one was the right one. Samuel had to be corrected, the prophet. He had to submit. And as Samuel accepted not just the person and the promise of God that I've chosen another king, he accepted the process. And as a result, Israel got a king. David was used of God. Samuel was blessed of God and he got to anoint to King David as the king. Here's what I'm saying. You may be going through a difficult process today and you think God's mad at you and this is a problem you need to get rid of. Processes are not problems. Patience is not a problem. It is a process we must go through so that we can be matured in life and as we mature God can use us and God can bless us. Take your Bibles and go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I want you to see the processes that Paul went through. Uh, 2 Corinthians, uh, let's begin in chapter 11. The apostle Paul was a greatly educated man. And uh, he was Saul of Tarsus, uh, most likely a part of the Sanhedrin council. Uh, a man of uh, great credibility. A man that was greatly respected and yet he was lost in his religion. He persecuted the church. And of course you know the story on the Damascus road. He was converted. He became a child of God. When he became a child of God, God started working on him. First thing he did was change his name. And then he put him through some processes that were difficult. Thank God Paul didn't just believe in the person of God. He didn't just believe in the promises of God. He accepted the difficult processes of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, notice verse number 23. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant. 
in stripes above measure. Those weren't, uh, those weren't rank on his sleeve. Stripes here is talking about being beaten. They'd beaten Paul with a whip. In prison more frequent, in deaths often, of the Jews five times received I forty stripes save one. Thirty-nine times five is how many stripes he received from a whip. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils, which means dangers, in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness, in painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of the churches. Go to chapter 12 and look at verse number 7. We're talking about the process, the process to mature Paul, the maturity that would allow him to be used, a maturity that would allow him to be blessed. He says in verse 7, unless I should be exalted above measure through the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient. In other words, I'm not taking away the thorn, but I will give you the grace to bear it. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Notice Paul's conclusion. It was not one of anger. It was not one of frustration. He's not mad at God. He's not complaining. He concludes, most gladly therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities. Notice this that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He said, I'm glad that he counted me worthy and he allowed me to go through the process because I've had a fellowship of his suffering. I've had a fellowship of what Christ has gone through that has allowed him to use me, that has allowed him to bless me. Now I ask this morning, what difficult process are we going through this morning? Don't look at it as a problem and say, I've got to get rid of that. Look at it as a process and embrace it and say, what do I need to learn from this? We see too many things in America as a problem that are not a problem, but they're a process. Work and labor is not a problem. We don't need to replace work with welfare. We, we, we don't need to take folks out of, out of the workplace and put them on a welfare roll. You say, but that's hard. That's all right. It's a process that allows us to mature. It allows God to use us. It, it allows God to bless us. You see, difficulties in life, Samson saw these rules. He said, I don't want those girls. I want one of these down here. They please me. And they said, oh, but Samson, that's not the will of God. He said, I don't care what the will of God is. I want this one because I like her. Okay. A few months later, Samson is in an arena being laughed at by the enemy. You know why? Because he rejected the processes of God. He was shamed before his enemies. His eyes were gouged out. 
he, he was put in a harness grinding in the place of a donkey and a gristmill. I say to you this morning, the process may, may be difficult, but Solomon said the way of the transgressor is hard. It's much more difficult to reject the process and rebel against God than it is to accept the process of patience, to, expect the, to accept the process of God's working in our life. Think of what America went through in the early 1900s. The Great Depression. The Dust Bowl. Poverty. They rationed food, clothes, tires, fuel. What did it produce? What did that difficult, what did that difficult process produce? It produced the toughest greatest generation of men America has ever known. We won the war and are speaking English today rather than German because America except the process of difficulty. Today we see the process like it's a problem so we work to eliminate any difficulty. We work to eliminate any sacrifice. We work to eliminate any hardship. I ask the question what are we going to do if we have a hardship or need a generation of soldiers again? You can't win a war with a video game. You can't win a war laying on a couch. You've got to be able to stand and fight and be willing to give your life. You see it was a process that made that generation what they were. We sit back allowing Satan to destroy our character and our decency and our morals of our nation by labeling processes as problems we need to get rid of rather than a process that we need to accept, a process that will mature us. We have children being taught today, if it's a problem being a boy, be a girl. If it's a problem, go to school, stay at home. If it's a hardship to work, then be lazy. And we'll reward you for that. And we're destroying the processes in America that make America what it is. We're seeing our character and our respect and our decency destroyed. Hardship isn't a problem. It's a process that will mature you. Sacrifice is not a problem. It's a process that will make us strong. Respect for authority is not a problem. It is a process that we need to learn from childhood all the way through. God help us today, this crowd that is working to burn America down. I want to tell you something, friend. I was raised to stand up when a woman walked into a room. I was raised to speak to a man and a lady by saying, yes, sir, and no, sir. And you let them go ahead and take away the process from your children, and they'll destroy your children. Week before last, I was on a flight. And I was sitting in the comfort class. There's uh, first class and then comfort, then the uh, rest of the seats. And uh, uh, the only difference is the number of peanuts. I think you get ten in first class and eight in coach class. But I was sitting about the fifth row, and uh, I, I stood up, and uh, and 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 a lady was here, and a man was in row three. She was in row four. I was in row five. And and the man said to her, as any gentleman should, he said, "Go ahead, ma'am." She said, no, thank you. He said, go ahead, please. She said, I don't want to go. He said, then we ain't getting off this plane until you go in front of me. 
And buddy, we wanted to cheer and say, thank God for a man of decency and respect that did what he... And he made that gal go first. Ladies, you're supposed to go first. You're supposed to open the doors. Hey, folks, listen to me. Don't let this nation that's destroying the processes that make America great and make America strong, don't you let them take that away from your children. When I was a boy, my dad bought me, you've heard the story, 2,000 strawberries and a mule. I have a picture of that mule in one of my books and the caption says, I don't know if there's a hell for mules. But if there is, I know where this mule went when he died. I said, Dad, there are men here who have tractors that can plow our fields. He said, I know it, but I want you to learn how to plow and I want you to learn how to plow mules. I remember when those strawberries came ripe. I remember the work and toil of picking the strawberries. My mom helped me. I mean, she was always there. In fact, she led the operation. I just worked. I begged people to help me. Everybody except my Uncle Hiram Baker, I didn't let him help pick strawberries. He ate more than he put in the bucket. I learned to work. But I'm going to tell you something. I enjoyed as a teenager having a little cash in my pocket. I enjoyed walking in the old country store with the old timers and getting me a great knee high and a bottle of peanuts and a moon pie and pay for it with my own money. Well, we got to give these children a participation ticket, give them a mule in a barn, let them clean the mule's uh, 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 stall out, and they'll learn how to get their own money. I'm saying today we're looking at Bible processes like they're problems and we get rid of everything that's hard. And when we get rid of the process, we, des we destroy the blessing. Grief is not a problem. It is a difficult but rewarding process. I'm bothered we don't have funerals anymore. We don't need to forget. There's nothing wrong with us sitting down and, list and remembering our loved ones. There's nothing wrong with you rehearsing memories and crying and laughing and crying. When I was a boy, we had wakes before the funeral. We always had two services. We had the service evening before, and we had the wake. We mourned the loss of a loved one today. Well, that's hard. We don't want to do that. That, that, that might cause somebody to cry. Oh, listen to me. We, 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 we're burying people like dogs. We, we, we're throwing, we, we've lost our decency and we've lost our respect. We're in a hurry to make another dollar. We're in a hurry to impress somebody else. God says there's some processes in life you need to accept. Discipline is not easy. But it's a process you can't get rid of. You say, well, I, I'll raise my children on reward. God said, go ahead, I'll raise mine on discipline. Faith is a process. Prayer is a process. When the children of Israel received manna every day, it was a process. You know what God wanted them to learn? I don't want to give you more than what you need in one day. Because you need to learn it's daily bread or it's daily trust in Him. When they went into the land of Canaan, they had to take the land little by little. They learned to trust God every day. It was a process that they learned to live by faith. Our building program is not a problem. It's not a problem. It's a process that we're learning and that we continue to learn. It's a good thing. 
to go penny by penny and dollar by dollar. It's a good thing that when these children walk into that next building, they'll be able to say, I helped pay for this building. It wasn't built by Grandpa so I could play in and mark on the walls and destroy it. I helped put money in the church that helped pay for the concrete. I helped pay for the steel. Maybe they'll have enough decency and respect for it. They'll care for it for a generation to come. It's a process that we need in our lives, in our church, and in our nation. Let's trust his processes. It's easy to trust God. It's easy to say, I believe in the promise. It's tough to be patient. Let patient work. Wait on the Lord. I don't have time to preach the message. That's the introduction. Your life is not a problem. It's why I feel bad. Sometimes I get discouraged. I need to go to the doctor. Wait, wait, wait. That's a process. We all are going through process. We don't always feel good all the time. The older you get, the less amount of time you feel good. When you do, you rejoice in it. It's not a matter of about getting out on the wrong side of the bed. I'm just, I'm glad to get out of any side of the bed. Doesn't matter to me. Life is not a problem. Life is a process. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be hurt. It's okay. It's all right for a kindergarten child to have their feelings hurt by another kindergarten child. And they learn it doesn't matter. And then when they get into a, a whether, wherever they work, they find the personalities are all the same, whether it's kindergarten or in boot camp or in the bank or wherever you work. You always have a bully. You always have a big mouth. You always have a God. You always have those people. Learn the process. The process is not a problem. It's what God's given us to mature us that he can use us and he can bless us. Stand with me if you will. If you're here today and you've never received Christ as Savior, I ask you today to trust him as Savior. If you're here today and there's a decision you need to make in your life, you need to get closer to God, you need to get sins forgiven, you say, I've done that before and I fell back again. It's not a problem, it's a process. It's all right. It's okay. Fires grow cold. We have to put more wood in them, let them burn again. It's a process. Heavenly Father, help us, I pray, to make the decision that should be made this morning. I pray for those that need to be born again. I pray for those, Lord, that need to follow you in baptism or make a spiritual decision, whatever the case may be. I pray that you'd work in their hearts and their lives today. May we be obedient to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.